This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective. Homicide detail, San Francisco police. Medical authorities agree that lost sleep can never be made up. From Samuel Spade, license number... Fatigue is cumulative. Subject, the insomnia caper. Dear Dundee. Honest, Lieutenant, this is how I got into that mess last night. Honest. I've been feeling a little rocky for two or three days. There was nothing much wrong with me, but as my secretary, the ineffable Miss Perrine, said... Sam, what you need is a good night, please. Which, Lieutenant, is how I happen to be at home, in bed, at 10.30 in the p.m., wearing a sleep shade, earplugs, and quiet pajamas. At 10.45, my right arm went to sleep. I turned over. That's when one of the earplugs fell out. I tore off the sleep shade, dug the plug out of my other ear, stuck my head under the pillow, and was just beginning to drowse off, but... I sat up and lit a cigarette. The city plunged again into the silences of the night. The fog was creeping in on little cat's feet. peace and quiet again in Post Street. Nothing but the sound of foghorns way out in the bay and the rhythmic throb of the cable car mechanism under the California Street incline. This time, I almost made it, and then... I went over to the window and peered out. The room was on a level with mine in a building just across the alley. I had had occasion to scrutinize said room and its occupant on happier occasions. She was young, red-haired, and also had a nice profile, which I had observed in silhouette against the window blind when she did her nightly setting-up exercises. I now observed that she had a boyfriend, and he seemed to be angry. Not wishing to pry into her affairs, I closed my window. 
drew the blind, went back to bed. It was stuffy with the window down, but quieter. I actually fell asleep. I dreamed I was home in bed and somebody was knocking on my door. How true. Who is it? Uh, Abby? Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, oh! Uh, what? Please, don't be angry. May I come in for a minute? You're in. Oh, thank you. I know this seems peculiar. A perfect stranger. I saw you in the window. That makes us even. I have the apartment across the alley. Yeah, I know. And you saw him. You saw him strike me. No. Well, you must have heard. I heard a lot of stuff breaking. Well, my ship models, he threw them all over the room, broke them to bits. They weren't especially valuable, and besides, they were presents from him. So... Ah, now I get it. Now, you came here to tell me all about your collection of ship models. I think that that's real neighborly of you, Miss... Uh... Dubar, Doreen Dubar. Yeah, well, it was nice meeting you. Drop in again sometime, and I'll show you my collection oh, of trout flies. Please, don't send me away. I'm deathly afraid of him. His name's Dan McCrae. He's a merchant seaman. His boat just got in today, and... Yeah, but why me? Well... I've seen you in the window so many times, I somehow felt I knew you. That's foolish, I suppose. I don't even know your name. Look, sweetheart, if you think you're going to rope me in as a witness to that lover's quarrel... Oh, please, no. It's more than that. Believe me. I can't tell you everything, but... Why tell me anything? Okay, I'm sorry. Pardon me for living. I know it's wrong of me to want to stay alive. I don't want to be hard-hearted about it, but if you're really afraid of the guy, you ought to go to the cops. But you don't understand it. Sorry! Sorry, are you in there? Dan. Dan Badger, no doubt, from the game of the train. Open the door! Look, chum, before you say anything, let me put you straight. You picked the wrong sucker. Uh, so you're the guy, huh? The old lady said you were good-looking in a cheap sort of way. Well, I think I'll fix that part of it right now. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, so you're going to make it easy for me, huh? Dan! Okay, okay. No! What have you done to him? He'll be all right. Loosen this pie. I'll go get some water. All right. Is he coming around? Oh, where'd she go? Hey, uh, hey, uh, Dan, uh, wake up. Uh, Come on. Swallow it. Uh, what'd you hit me with? Where, where's Doreen? She dissolved. Come on, get up. Okay. Okay, Shepard. This is your round. Who? Not that it matters, Danny boy, but who? You're Frank Shepard, ain't you? You stoop. Can't you read? The name's on the door. Spade. Here's my card. Huh? A detective. What was she doing here? Her story was that she was running away from you. Now beat it, will you? It can't be too fast for me. I'm sorry, Spade. I've been at sea too long, I guess. The old lady over there told me Doreen was seeing the sky every night. Channel fever or something, I blew my top. Yeah. No hard feelings, Spade? Ah, oh, forget it. But when you do catch up with that guy, Shepard, watch your left. You telegraph it. Don't answer that, baby. 
Let it ring. Huh? Spade, this is Dan McRae. Who? The guy you, you beat up on. Uh, look, look, I just got to sleep. Now, call back tomorrow. Uh, better yet, don't call. Listen, you gotta listen to me. I found Shepard. Not much of a fighter. I mocked him up a little anyhow just to scare him. Go on back to the bar. Have one for me. Listen, I'm okay now. I sobered up like a shot. I only came back here to phone. Makes sense, will you? When I got back to the ship, he was there in my cabin. What? He's dead. Who? Shepard? Yeah, he's dead. Hit him too hard? I don't think so, but I've got to know. You're a detective. Now, look, I haven't got much money, but... Then start earning some. This is going to cost you. Hello, Dan. Well, you got here quick. I'm a real fast sleepwalker. This the ship? Yeah, yeah. Come on, I'll take you aboard. Give me the rundown. Shepard took your girl while you were away at sea. You slapped her around a little, broke her toy boats, and generally behaved like a bad boy. We'll skip that little exhibition match in my apartment. Then what? Come on, up this ladder. About those ship models. One was missing. She acted funny about it, and guess where it was? In Shepard's hotel room. Yeah? The Boston Hotel up on Broadway. Crumb dump. I shook the address out of that old lady. Never mind that now. So you went there, went up to his room, worked him over. But he was alive when I left there. That's clear. Then I had drinks in a lot of different places. I think I was in some other fight. Yeah, you look it. I don't know who with just faces, a lot of blurs. I don't even know where all I went. Then I don't remember anything till I'm in an all-night beanery down here on the Embarcadero and a cab driver's holding me up on the stool pouring coffee into me. Then I came aboard. Yeah? Come on, come on in my cabin. I'll show you. A few bruises and ring marks on the face, but they'd been cleaned up and smeared with methylate. I know you're not supposed to touch anything until homicide gets there, Lieutenant, but this one had ab- obviously already been tampered with, so I didn't think you'd mind if I rolled him over just enough to peek at the back of his head. There was a tiny cut on his scalp near the base of the skull, not more than a quarter of an inch long. It had hardly bled. I pushed the pockets. And his wallet... $38, identification card, Frank R. Shepard, Boston Hotel, San Francisco, and a snapshot of Doreen sailing a model Chinese junk in a pond someplace. In his cigar case, cigars. Around his middle, a tooled leather belt with hammered silver buckle. It was a popular type Hickok belt, but something about the buckle didn't quite figure. The prong of the silver buckle wasn't silver. It was tempered steel. And instead of being pointed, the end was flattened out and ground to a sharp cutting edge. There were two notches on either side of it. It didn't look like they'd been put there for decoration. I took the belt off, rolled it up, and put it in my coat pocket. Well, what do you make of it? You touch it? No. Why? A man falls forward, not back. The cops will say he was killed someplace else and brought here. Then I'm in the clear. Yeah, unless they form a theory that you brought the body down here to dispose of it. Then why didn't I? Maybe you lost your nerve. Maybe you sobered up. How? What killed him? I don't know. Maybe internal injuries, maybe a head injury, or both from that beating you gave him. Maybe just dropped dead, heart attack. That's for the police medical examiner to find out. You mean you're going to call the police? I have to. But I called you to... I, I thought you could clear me before... Now, wait a minute. You told me yourself you drew a blank. You don't know where you were or what you were doing. What are you going to do? Call the police. Now, wait... Uh, yeah, I suppose you have to. I do. You first. Yeah. I must say you're taking it pretty well. Uh. 
I uh, had a small dream. Abstractions, you know, uh, cubes and circles. Uh, nothing worth describing. But after I'd given homicide the rumble and crawled home to my own trundle, I did better. I dreamed I was Wild Bill Hickok, the belt tycoon. I was working on a promotion scheme for a new combination belt buckle, toothpick, and murder weapon. Sam Spade, sleepyhead. The United States Armed Forces Radio Service is presenting the weekly adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, Sam Spade. Nuts. Sam? Unique garage, Harry speaking. Yeah, this is Dundee, Sam. Okay, Lieutenant, you got me. What time is it? It's, uh, wait a minute, Jack. Ten after three. Any sign of dangerous Dan McCray, that rat, my client? Uh, not a whiff. Hey, about that girl, Sam. Dubar, Doreen L., Balboa, apartment, Sutter Street. Can yeah. you give me that description again? Go over and take a look at it. I'm in her apartment now. She says she never heard of you, and she doesn't know anybody named Dan McCray. And she says she only went out once tonight to a drugstore to get some batteries for her hearing aid and some elastic stockings. All right, Dundee, if you want to swallow a pack of lies, all we right. Check the drugstore, and she's wearing them now. I bring her over there, Sam, but she's a little feeble. Okay, Dundee, I'll be right over. Hello, Dundee. Come in, Sam. I want you to make sure, Sam, this is the apartment. Yeah. That's my window just opposite. You can see the bed that I just got out of to come over here in response to your untimely call. Uh... Will you come in here, Miss Dubar? Certainly, Lieutenant. I'm very anxious to make that man's acquaintance. He was about 65 years old with a pleasant motherly face, gold-rimmed bifocals, hearing aid, and snow-white hair. Over his shoulder, I could see into the kitchen. Sitting at a table facing away from me was an old man. In front of him on the bench were three ship models in various stages of disrepair. Broken masts, rudders, and... With a mallet and a tiny chisel, he was shaping a piece of wood. I guessed that it was a broken spar from one of the hulls. Well, Sam, still say this is the same apartment? Yeah. Same apartment, different people. But you must be mistaken, young man. My brother and I have lived in this same apartment for nearly 20 years. She's lying, Dundee. Have you checked the janitor, the building manager, anybody? Janitor says... He's been living here since he took the job in 41. We're trying to locate the building manager now. According to your story, Sam, the girl and McCray had a big row in here, busted up a lot of furniture stuff. I don't see any sign of it. They could have cleaned it up. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, Sam. Okay, I dreamed the whole thing, but those ship models, I didn't dream them. McCray mentioned them, the girl mentioned them. Busted ship models. There they are on the table in the kitchen. Hey, snake, good enough. What seems to be the trouble now, Dory? Yes, why is this young man so excited about my models? I declare, Sven, I can't make head or tail of it. Something about a girl with the same name as mine and a young man, I forget his name, who seems to have killed somebody named Shepard, I believe it was. Oh, your thought was it about the ship models, young man. Uh, Dory, 
Could it be the girl who brought these over to me to repair? Uh, what was her name? It's just on the tip of my tongue. Who did she say sent her things? Wasn't that Shepard? There, no. With all due respect to your age, nuts. I'm getting out of here, Dundee, while I can still remember my own name. I gotta get some sleep. Hey, wake up. <laughs> oh, oh, Sam. Get out of my bed. I'm sorry. I was beat. I didn't know where else to go. You can go to jail. Their beds don't have inner springs, but it's a free flight. Listen, I had to make that break. It would have been a murder rap for sure. You mean your memory came back? I had a funny feeling I'd seen that guy Shepard somewhere before. And just before I slugged you while we were standing there in the companionway, it came back to me. That guy Shepard, he came aboard ship yesterday when we docked. He flashed a badge on the gangway watch and asked to see the ship's carpenter. The one that made those ship models for you? Yeah, yeah. But don't you see? Manslaughter is one thing, cop killing is another. This ship's carpenter, what's he look like? Oh, thin, around 65. Lame. Talks like a Swede. City morgue. Uh, Maxie, Sam Spade. That uh, stiff-tagged Shepard? Shepard, yes, Sam. Just got him back. I think it's all there. Those autopsy boys. Careless. What killed him, Maxie? Puncture wound. Base of the skull. Small, Hmm. sharp instrument. Uh, Anything new on his ID? Well, Shepard seems to be a phony handle, Sam. But it'll have to do till Reveal comes along. Sergeant Polhouse let it drop that the boys at his hotel thought he was a detective. Uh Uh-huh. Funny thing about Sheppy boy, Sam. No belt, no suspenders, very loose trousers. How'd he keep them up? By the the time I got to him, it didn't matter. I figured he wore a belt, and somebody swiped it off him. That's an interesting theory, Maxie. I'll see what I can do with it. I tucked Danny boy back into my bed, locked him in, and gumshoot around the block to the Balboa apartment. Just to be mean, I woke up the janitor and checked his statement on the old couple in Doreen's apartment. He worked three buildings, was sure of the old woman that backed down a little on the man, which is what I expected. Was sure of the floor, but not of the apartment number. Didn't know any tenants by name, which goes to show, Lieutenant, what police statements are sometimes worth. I thanked him, stole his passkey, and went upstairs. I didn't expect to find anybody home in Doreen's apartment. I was half right. Sven, the old carpenter, was sitting in a chair, staring straight ahead of me. He looked as though he were in a daze. I walked over to him. Even close up, he didn't look dead. But he was. Body still warm, no visible wounds. But he was wearing a tooled leather belt with a hammered silver buckle. The prong of the buckle was tempered steel and had the same peculiar shape as the one in my pocket, the one I had taken off a shepherd's body. The ship models were gone. What was left of them I found in the fireplace. And in the charred remnants of what had once been the hull of the toy Chinese junk, I found something that hadn't burned. It was a small metal cylinder with two pins projecting from it on either side about the middle of it. It looked like a miniature lock mechanism, which it was exactly. The key, you guessed it, was the prong of that belt buckle. The cylinder was empty except for a few white grains that looked like sugar. I tasted them. It was not sugar. But in the dope traffic, they sometimes call it that. About then, I heard footsteps outside in the hall. I ducked into the closet, leaving the door cracked enough to see out. Stand over there, Doreen. Don't try anything. I won't shoot you unless I'm forced to. No. You didn't shoot Fred Frank Shepard, did you? Don't yeah. ever mention that name again. Uh, uh, well, Sven, don't just sit there staring. We've just time to catch the boat. 
then. Answer me. I don't think he can answer you, Mrs. Brownridge. Oh, what are you talking about? Sven! Sven! He's dead. He's dead! Oh, oh careful, she's got a gun. Hand it over. Hand it over, Grandma. You won't need it anymore. You killed him? Yes, I'm a desperate character. Hand it over. Come and get it. It should be easy for you. Such a strong young man, and I'm such a weak old woman. Now, look, you don't have your glasses on, and this 45 is too heavy for an elderly tripe criminal. Now, sit down and keep quiet. Oh, Sam, I thought you'd forgotten all about me. I've been trying to all night. Where were you? They locked me in a closet in her apartment. Next door? They were going to take me with them, get rid of me on the boat. After what they did to Frank, they had to get out fast. Shepard. Who was Shepard, anyway? I can't tell you that. He was a federal narcotics agent, wasn't he? How did you know? You just told me. Now tell me the rest of it. Well, honestly, I didn't know anything about it till about a month ago. I was dusting the ship models and knocked one off the shelf. It broke and something spilled out of it. Mrs. Bronrig was here when it happened. She rushed for it and ran out of the room with it. She said she'd take it and get it repaired for me. And then this girlfriend of mine came by while I was sweeping the white powder up. She's a nurse. She tasted it, told me it was dope. Well, I didn't want to do anything until I talked to Danny, but she reported it. And that's when Frank Shepard came to see me from the narcotics squad. He told you to play along with them? Yes. They arrested the man Mrs. Brownrigg was selling it to, and Shepard told her he was taking the man's place so he could spy and get evidence. You see. She believed him because of the belt. This the belt? Yes. That that thing on the belt, it's really a little key that fits in a little... Yeah, yeah. Now, that, that fits in a little lock that releases the little mechanism that makes the false bottom fall out of a little boat. When did she find out that Shepard was a narcotics agent? I didn't. I saw them together so much that I began to think they might double-cross me. Then I thought about that sailor, Dan, that roughneck boyfriend of hers. So I went to Dan and told him I thought his girl had taken up with Shepard while he was away at sea. And I had to let Dan think the worst because I was sworn to secrecy. But Dan's so violent and jealous, he said he'd kill Shepard, so I came to you. Yeah. You were a witness that Dan hit me, and I thought we might have him arrested so nobody else would get hurt. But, uh, I guess you were too sleepy to care. Uh, what? Uh, uh, sorry. Sorry, I must have dropped off, uh, to sleep. Period. End of report. But, Sam. Yes, Angel? Didn't you arrest that terrible old Mrs. Earwig? Brownwig, Effie? Wasn't it Brownwig, Sam? Uh, one of her aliases, no doubt. In reply to your previous question, yes. Who killed Mr. Shepard, Sam? And, and, and how? Look, if you'll recall that uh, Sven was shaping a piece of wood with a small chisel and a mallet. The uh, fatal wound, you recall. Oh, and who killed Sven? Sit down. I want to have a serious talk with you. Oh. Now, over here. Yes, Sam. Stop twisting your handkerchief. Yes, Sam. Effie, sometimes I think you've been a detective secretary too long. Whoops the outlook. Sam, are you trying to tell me that my services are no longer required? You see, that's what I mean. You jumped to conclusions, as in the instance of the death of Sven. I only asked who killed him, Sam. Exactly. Did it ever occur to you that some people, especially old, feeble people, just die? Yes. Quietly? Sitting in a chair sometimes? Yes. Sometimes in bed in their sleep? That'll never happen to you, Sam. Sick. But it did happen to Sven. Perhaps the excitement of his criminous activities, fear of discovery, his impending flight were too much for his heart. On the other hand, it might have just been old age. Of course. The point is, Effie, it does happen. Yes. Never in detective stories, only in real life. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's all. Good night. Sam, you're not sleepy. Nevertheless, I'm going home to bed. Oh. Well, uh, good night, Sam. Good night, sweetheart. <laughs> 
This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Box 13. With the star of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Box 13. Box 13. Box 13. Box 13. Box 13. Well, this is great. Rain, rain, rain. I'll bet even the ducks wouldn't come out in weather like this. But me, I'm an idiot. I gotta go and take up a profession like being a writer. I couldn't take up something easy. Oh, no, not me. I gotta be a writer so I can be out on nice, cold, wet nights. 
beating my brains out, looking for an idea. Idea. Deadline. Oh, sure. Mustn't forget that ever-loving deadline. <laughs> what a way to make a living. I could have stayed a reporter at the start times and had nice assignments. Like listening to political speeches. Or covering the opening of a new manhole. Oh, no, but not me. I have to write fiction. Do it the hard way. <laughs> well, I might as well take the usual hand... Open the usual door to the usual place and hear the usual comments. Hiya, Mr. Holiday. Hiya. Copy, copy, boy. Hiya, Dan. What do you say, Ed? Smith, editor wants you. How goes it, Holiday? Oh, pretty good. Where's the makeup on page four? Hiya, Mr. Holiday. How are you? Hiya, Mr. Holiday. Hello, Susie. Anything in box 13? Box 13, starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Now for Box 13, starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. What a character I am. Standing here in front of the wanted counter in a newspaper office while the rain runs down off my coat collar into my shoe. Mr. Holliday. I gotta ruin my last pair of... Huh? What's that, Susie? I said there's a message in box 13 for you. Here. Oh. Thanks, Susie. Don't mention it. Say, aren't you going to open it? Sorry. Not here, Susie. You know, you got all of us down here at the Star Times awful curious, Mr. Holliday, running that ad. Have I? You've been running it for months. Why don't you change it? Well, I haven't read it for so long, I've forgotten the words. How's it go? Don't you remember? Adventure wanted. We'll go any place, do anything. How about that? I still like it. You'd do a lot better with adventure if you ran your picture with the ad. Oh, no, thanks. Just keep on running it the way it is. But, gee, aren't you ever going to tell us what you do for a living? Why you keep running that ad? Susie... Same old question, same old answer. No. Well, if I'm not doing anything else, at least I've got the people at the Star Times curious. They'd think my brain cells were ten feet off first base if they knew why I really run that ad. Maybe they are. Hmm. You can help a person out of great trouble and gain an adventure for yourself if you call Chester 8945 and ask for Carla Williams. Chester 8945. Carla Williams. Hmm. Sounds like an interesting name. Well, I hope she's home. Hello? Oh, uh, this is the man from Box 13. Oh? Tell me, are you serious or was that ad just a joke? No joke, Miss Williams. Are you willing to try anything? Well, uh, that depends what's on your mind. I can't discuss it over the phone. Will you meet me? 
Of course. There's a little French restaurant down on Ledge Street. Meet me there in the cocktail lounge. Uh, what time? Make it 10 o'clock tonight. Tell the bartender you want to speak to Carla Williams. French restaurant on Ledge, 10 o'clock. Oh, uh, what block number? The 600 block. You won't fail me, you'll be there. Lady, if it were winter, I'd come with bells on. This sounds like the beginning of a very interesting story. Beautiful woman in distress calls on struggling writer for help. Only she doesn't know I'm a writer, and I don't know she's beautiful. What's yours, mister? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm looking for a Carla Williams. Oh, yeah. She's sitting over there in that front booth. Thanks. Uh, Carla Williams? Yes. Oh, ho. Carla Williams could be material for a love story or an adventure story. Or, uh, maybe both. And, uh, do you have a name? Oh, uh, yes. Dan Holliday. Uh, I sit down. Oh, thanks. I'm uh, agreeably surprised. I didn't think a person would get such a satisfactory reply from a warhead. And I didn't think I'd get such a nice replier. You're wondering about me, aren't you? You're wondering why you're here. Naturally. Well, I'm being blackmailed. That's a very nasty business. I've been paying blackmail for five years, but tonight's the end. I'm to meet him in 15 minutes and make the final payment and get the letters. Well, that sounds like the end of your troubles. But is it? I can't be sure. That's why I need your help. But what can I do? Well, you can be there as, as a witness. You can make sure this is the end. You can see that I get the letters and get away safely. Oh, uh, lady, you need the police. Why? To make sure everything I've kept hidden for five years comes out in the open? Maybe a friend could do it. My friends would be the last ones on earth I'd want to know. Are you afraid? No. You advertised for adventure? Blackmail isn't my idea of adventure. I'm sorry if my trouble doesn't measure up to your expectations. The best I could do on such short notice. Uh-oh. Well, I guess I had that coming. Maybe this isn't your idea of adventure, but I do need help. I need help badly. Let, let's leave it at that. Now, that might appeal to my early Boy Scout training. Then you will? I always help ladies across blackmail wraps. Uh, what happens if your friend makes trouble? We can't make any trouble. He seems to have done all right for the past five years. There won't be any trouble if you're along. Here, reach under the table. Take this. Oh, uh, now wait a minute. This is a gun. Put it in your pocket. Don't let anyone see it. This is supposed to make everything all right? You won't need it, believe me. I, I thought it would make you feel better. It makes me feel like a policeman. And I still think a policeman is what you want. But you promised. I said maybe. I have to meet him in 15 minutes. Please help me. Where do we go? His apartment. Far from here? We can make it if we leave now. What do you say? Maybe I should never have been a Boy Scout.
Now, watch Carla Williams closely as we ride over to the apartment where she's to meet this man she's been talking about. She's perfectly groomed with a certain niceness about her, except for those twin furrows of worry between her eyes and a cold look of anxiety. I don't think I would like to have her angry at me, though. That's funny. You should have been here 20 minutes ago. Huh. Uh, why don't you try the door? It was unlocked. Might as well wait inside. Unless you have any objections. Not at all. There's a light switch on your right. The living room is straight ahead. Say, you sound like you're familiar with the place. Why not? I've been here many times before. There's a light on in there. Suppose he might have fallen asleep. Waiting for his money? Hardly. Well, this is more like it. This spot is nicely furnished. With my money. But at least we can sit down and make us... Make us... Oh, no. Miss Williams, what's the matter? What happened? Look the floor by the desk, look. You stay here. Better call the police. He's dead. Dead? Yeah, he's been shot. Once. Through the heart. I'm glad. I'm glad. He's the one? The man who was blackmailing you? Yes. Would you... Could you go through his pockets? He must have some of those letters with him. Look in his coat pocket. Uh, just a minute, Miss Williams. You don't understand. This man has been murdered. We've got to call the police. Murdered? What makes you so sure? There's no gun around any place. Just the same before the police come. His pockets... Please, I've got to have those letters. Okay, but it isn't right. Are these what you wanted? Let me see. Yeah, yeah, they're all here. Now, where's the telephone? We've got to get the police up here and fast. There is no phone. No, how do you know without looking unless... I told you I've been here before. Oh, yes, I forgot. Well, go downstairs. There's a payphone in the lobby. Tell the police to come up here right away. And come back and we'll wait for them. You're not planning to leave while I'm downstairs, are you? No. Here, here's a nickel. Just dial O and tell the operator you want the police. Hurry. But you, you'll be here. Call, I said. I wanted adventure, so I put an ad in a newspaper. And I certainly found what I wanted. Only this isn't good. A man is lying dead on the floor of this apartment. And Carla Williams and I will have to go down to the police headquarters and answer a million questions. All of them embarrassing. Uh, I hope she's made the calls. Say, that's funny. Why would there be a telephone directory in a place where there's no phone? Or maybe there is one. Of course, right here in the hallway. I wonder why she said there was no phone here. Maybe it's been disconnected. Hmm. Operator. This is the operator. Oh, fine. I've written a dozen stories like this. And whenever I've reached this point, the hero always finds that he's been framed. <laughs> framed? The gun. Yeah, I gotta look at that gun. Gotta find out if it's been fired. 
One shot has been fired. And the police surgeon will probably find a bullet from this gun in that dead man's body. The police. Seems like little Carla took care of that. Me, I'm going to take care of something else. I'm leaving. You are listening to Box 13, starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Once again, Box 13, starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Well, right now I'm wishing I were half as smart as the heroes of some of my stories. I've got a murder, strange woman, a strange apartment, and a strange feeling that this might not work out to a happy ending. What I need is a cab, a quick trip home, a short drink, and a long, long think. Sure is a rotten night to be out. Yeah, it sure is. I've never seen such rain. Not so good. Cops are sure busy tonight. Sounds like it. I wonder who they're after. I uh, wouldn't have any idea. Could be a murderer, you know. Yeah, just could be. Just a night for a murder. Perfect. How come you got so wet? It's uh, raining. <laughs> I know, but how come? My umbrella needs recovering. You want the Normandy arms? Yeah, that's right. Well, that's your building up ahead, but it looks like you've got lots of company. What do you mean? Them's prowl cars, mister. All over the place. Oh, this is very nice. Carla Williams called the police and must have mentioned my name in passing. I'm the type of interesting young fellow that any cop would like to meet. Especially with a murder weapon in my pocket. Tonight, Mr. Holliday, I think you will sleep elsewhere. Want me to pull right in where all them cops are? No, they look busy, so maybe we'd better not bother them. Just keep on driving. But this is where you live, ain't it? I don't feel like going home tonight. I could shove them cops aside, you know. This is legitimate hack. Uh, that would be fun, but don't bother. You're the boss, mister. Where to? Uh, there's a place down on Franklin Avenue. 1612, I think. I know that place. That's the cheapest hotel in town. Yes, I believe it is. Hey, how do you know about a place like that? I got information there for a story. What a joint like that. What are you going there tonight for? Sleep. You're writing another story? I'm living one. Living one? Yes, I left my typewriter at home. Well, Mr. Holliday, to what do we owe this great pleasure? Maybe you're just lucky. More research on the seamier side of life? No, not tonight. I've Looking for a room. A room? Might I remind you, Mr. Holliday, this ain't the Roney Plaza. Have you got a room? Any particular exposure you might like? The less, the better. I'm sure we can fix you up. 
That is, if you're willing to pay in advance. Buck, buck and a half, how much? $25, Mr. Holliday. $25. And if you committed the murder, it'll be $50, Mr. Holliday. Come on, talk straight. I don't want any trouble with the police. What makes you think I'll cause you trouble with the police? Little box called the radio, police calls. They're a lot of fun to listen to, Mr. Holliday. Yeah, I'll bet they are. You'll be comfortable here and safe. I'm beginning to wonder if I could afford it. With your money? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I wasn't trying to. Where's your phone? The one on the wall costs a nickel. Thanks. You stay in tonight, Mr. Holiday. Still in town. What about the police? They with you? What do you think? Thanks for putting in a good word for me. I had to. They made me. Look, I, I want to talk to you. I know that feeling. I want to talk to you, too. I can explain everything. Like a gun with one bullet fired? Yes. And a missing telephone that wasn't? That, too. Oh. Then you're just a little girl I want to have words with. Can you come over here right away? Are the police there? Oh, that's right. Name a place I'll meet you. The corner of 6th and Victor, 10 minutes. Right. Follow me, Mr. Holliday. Oh, where to? Your room. This ain't the Roney Plaza, but the service is just the same. I've changed my mind. You're not staying? Your rates are too high. I'll drop in again after I've made a fortune. Now I know how the fox feels when the hounds are closing in. <laughs> Someday I'll have to write a story about a fox put that guy Burgess and his Peter Rabbit out of business. Hey, cab! Oh, it's you again. Yeah, I get around, don't I? I thought you were set for the night. No running ice water. Sixth and Victor. Where did you say you wanted to go? Sixth and Victor. But there ain't no place to sleep there. Oh, I'm not sleepy. I just want to examine a fire hydrant. Okay, mister. I'm glad it's your money and not mine. If we keep on, it will be your money. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Say, uh, is that tonight's extra lying up there? Sure. Want to take a look at it? Oh, yeah, thanks. That picture they got of you on the front page is lousy. What picture? You look like you was facing the camera through a screen door. Yeah, let me see that. Well, 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 this is just wonderful. Prominent writer named by police. Carla Williams accuses Dan Holliday of the murder of Harry Granger. Grief-stricken girl witnessed the murder of her fiancé. Well, nice going, Carla. It's your word against mine, plus the evidence against me. Now I know why they wrote that song, I Get Along Without You Very Well. Well, there's six and Victor. Cruise on by. You ain't gonna stop? I haven't made up my mind. Looks like a couple of cops waiting around for somebody. That's the way it looks to me. That might be the law. Yes, they might be. What do you want to do now? Get away from here and find a city directory. A chap by the name of Harry Granger should have a home. 
And he should have stayed in it. I'm either just ahead of the police or right behind them. And if this game keeps up much longer, I'll be right with them. Yeah? Oh, uh, Harry Granger live here. He did. You the police? Well, no, not exactly. A reporter? I used to be. Come here, you. I wonder if you're one of them blackmailers. Just a minute, friend. My coat rips easy. No, I guess not. If you were, you wouldn't be here. Mind if I step in? Come in, come in. This whole thing's got me all upset. You don't say. Oh, uh, you said something about a blackmailer. That's what I'm here for. I came to help Harry get rid of those rats. You mean he was being blackmailed? For five years. I lent him most of the money to pay off with. I told him he was a sucker, but it looks like I got here too late. You heard what happened? Saw it in the papers on my way from the station. Have you told the police? Not yet, but I'm going to. Who did you say you were? I didn't say. You know something about this? I think I do now. I began to see the light when the city directory listed this place as Granger's apartment. Can I help? You might get into trouble. Well, how? Breaking into a woman's apartment. After this, I'll use a fire escape and more of my stories of the most interesting things about a building. And from homicide, we'll be out in the hall seeing that no one comes in here. I'll have to work fast, Holloway. You'll have to find something that the police weren't looking for. There must be something. Bills, letters, cards, that's no good. Look, look for the obvious. That's, that's what I always have my hero doing. Let's see, what's the obvious? Oh, the living room. Now, let's see. That's where the body was. Nothing obvious there. On the desk. No, no. The table. No. The fireplace. Hello, hello, hello. A small frame snapshot. And I think it might be just what I'm looking for. My old friend, the bartender, and Carla Williams. And with your arms around each other. You know, you two make a nice couple, a wonderful couple. I wonder if they'll let you have your arms around each other in the electric chair. You are listening to Box 13. Starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Well, I finally made it. I'm down at police headquarters in the office of a tall, gangly character named Lieutenant Kling. Of course, a few things have happened. Carl and the bartender were brought in, too. So much cooler than I am. Oh, those cell bars give you such fine ventilation. Holiday. Um, what's that, Lieutenant? I said you were a very lucky citizen. After what Carla Williams told us, we thought you were guilty. If she'd have told me that story, I'd have believed it myself. Approving that she and the bartender were married put a crimp in her act as the injured fiancé. Yeah, you showed it up as the same old racket. Smart woman teams up with smart man to blackmail innocent citizen. But just the same, I think you should stick to your writing and let police work alone. Uh, Lieutenant, I'll have that printed and framed in blonde walnut. Hang it on the wall? Uh, no, around my neck. I'm glad to hear you say that. 
You may not always have a guy like this Grant who backed up your story. Oh, Granger's friend? That's the one. Say, he's a nice fellow. Wants me to visit him on his ranch. Why don't you do that? Riding the range all day when I could be cooking in town? Uh, pardon me. Homicide, Lieutenant Kling. Oh, yes, yes, he's here. It's for you, Holiday. Oh, thanks. Hello? Mr. Holiday, this is Susie. Yes, Susie. Can you come down to Star Times right away? Oh, what's the matter? There's another letter for you in box 13. Oh, no, no, no. Should I uh, open it and read it to you? Oh, not now, Susie. I I've got enough material to last me for a month. Three weeks of which will be a rest. Tell me where. Maybe I can come down and help you. You really want to help me? Sure I do, Mr. Holliday. Then put that letter back in box 13. But, Mr. Holliday... Good night, Susie. Next week, same time, Ellen Ladd stars as Dan Holliday in Box 13. Alan Ladd appears through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures and may currently be seen in Wild Harvest. Box 13 is written and directed by Ted Hediger. Original music composed and conducted by Rudy Schrager. This is a Mayfair production. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.